0: Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, we've got Louis' top 10 trade targets, our delish dozen, and the Point of Difference Podcast's Point of Differences.
1: That's some pod pod pods on the pod pod.
0: Welcome to the Pod Pod. It's Dossie here with Louie. How are you, mate? Good, Dossie, yourself, mate? It's good to be back face-to-face, mate. Back uh, in in Studio Lou, I think it was called. Indeed, it is Studio Lou. So, welcome to another episode of the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast. Louie, we are talking fantasy footy and it was another big round this week, um, if you were lucky enough to hit some big scores. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was a huge round in terms of scoring and in terms of stress because, uh, obviously on that Saturday, it came across, uh, everybody's Twitter feed that, oh, Queensland's gone into a snap lockdown, which of course affected, um, six different clubs and, yep. um, by extension of that affected our fantasy teams too. So, um, it's been a bit of an up and down week, DOS, and I'll tell you what, uh, Bring it on
0: for next week. Uh, We're just going to roll with the punches, I think. Yeah, I don't know about you, but those late sort of – that late news, you know, we we were watching the footy on Saturday ready for for the games to start and all of a sudden that news came through. And I don't know about you, but I hit the reverse trade button pretty quick not knowing what we were going to get, whether we were going to get some – um, average scores given out like last year. I think we had we had some info that might be the case if it did go ahead um, and the games had to be rescheduled for another time. Uh, luckily enough, we had this super Sunday of footy um, and they all got it done. So, it was it was really good result for for our fantasy teams and for footy. Oh,
1: well, was it? Because well, uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure I wouldn't have gotten a Dan Houston uh, 52 if that
0: were the case, mate. And I would, maybe have, I would t- have at least gotten a the Timmy average- Taranto. You oh, would have got that 110. That'd that would been have been nice. nice. Too. Uh, maybe we'll talk about those in a second, but let's get to our scores for this week and also our nailed it, failed it. Louis, how'd you go in this uh, so-called massive round potentially that we could have
1: had? Uh, yeah, probably um, about in between, Dossie. I am um, I think I'm over par. I scored uh twenty three fifty three, which saw me go I'd up in the a rankings a little bit this week, which was nice. A uh, bit of a change from previous weeks, so that's always good. What about you, Doss?
0: Yeah, I had- See, I mean, I'm definitely only around that sort of par, I think, because, I mean, I only moved a few spots in the rankings, and maybe that's par for my position. Yeah, that's the, it, beyond yeah. The, beyond the 10K region. So, um, I got the 22-34, so well and truly below you, but- There was just a bit of glory about my weekend. It was, uh, first of all, I'll I'll talk about my trades soon, but I can't believe, the Dossie curse may have lifted. Um, I don't want to speak too soon because there's still a few weeks left in the season, but my trades this week, you'll hear soon enough. I, I couldn't be happier with them. But the best part about it, Ended up with a big win over the Statesman in a in a pre in a uh, elimination final, which I had no right in even making. I think uh, I beat our a good mate who was on the podcast earlier in the year. Checkers the round the final round of the season to sneak into eighth. I think I was sitting at about tenth, and then coming up against the Statesman, who was running a hot favourite heading into that. A dollar ten he was. <laughs> Dossie out at seven dollars fifty, and he's come in, and he's got a huge W over the great man, the fossil who um. Fantasy might be finally past him. Uh, we've, we've, you've, uh, oh, he's graduated. out of form, you've isn't You've graduated he? from Stato Jr. to you are now. You might have to change that to a handle because I think the statesman needs to move on. Do,
1: do you remember in round one when uh, Geelong were coming up against the basket case Adelaide, who everybody tipped not to win a game that year? <laughs> and then Adelaide got over the top and everyone's going, wowee, is this the end of Geelong? <laughs> is this the end of Stato?
0: Oh. I think I'm going to be uh, replicating a bit of Adelaide uh, for the next few weeks and uh, coming back to back to <laughs> no, uh, back to Earth. There,
1: well, the great the great man, I can assure you, he's already doing his research for 2022. <laughs> he's going to be back uh, bigger, stronger than ever, and uh, and hopefully a little bit better
0: than you, Dossie. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was pretty happy with my score this week, but let's talk about I nailed it, failed it, and seeing as I did just talk about how I was very happy with my trades, I might kick it off with mine. So as we said. Uh, at the top there. My trades were changing constantly throughout the weekend. And first of all, I did reverse my trades. I think I mentioned to you pre-show, and it's probably a bit devastating. My initial trade was getting rid of Tim Taranto, bringing in Jared Lyons. So, I wouldn't have minded would have about- been nice. And the C was on him too. And I hit reverse, but it worked out for the best because in my, in my original trade where I did dump lines, I had a certain Josh Tracy rolling with him on field. Now, this- resulted in a bit of a reverse trade for me, which ended up being a bit of a looser trade. And I actually had a word with Cam, our, our good friend from the draft doctors, and he was like, "Dossy, you're versing the Stato. This is a crucial do or die matchup for you. you. You need those chocolates. And he said, you need to fix that rookie off your field, which I think will be a theme for us in this podcast, just a little bit of a section that we're going to talk about soon in, in that. Just get those rookies off your field. I followed that mantra, brought in a little bit of a pod. Unreal. In Chad Wingard.
1: (laughs) Well, what's his ownership at? Or what was it at, Dossie, before?
0: it had to be zero. It it wouldn't have been zero. How much did you pay as well? Because- I haven't even thought about Chad Wingard this year. He's at 1% ownership now. Uh, He's 590k and he went up 36k after his 147. 147. That might be the highest score of his career. I can't remember a time where Chad Wingard's
1: gone significantly over 130. Just unbelievable can, Can I just ask, how long was that trade locked in for? Oh, I did it right before sort of tip off because so the the curse didn't have time. (laughs) No,
0: it just didn't. It didn't have time (laughs) to log in to to put in your your account details and just. (laughs) And also, by the way, you notice how quiet I was on all the group chats throughout the game. I did not want to say a word just in case, (laughs) just in case it lifted. Um, Anyway, that's my nailed it for the week. Somehow, I brought in Chad Wingard. I was looking at some center bounces, which, funnily enough, didn't really get a stack of them. But um, I was looking at some numbers and he was, you know what actually tipped me over the edge? Last week, he had this anger in his eyes. He, They showed him at one of the halftime breaks and he was having a go at one of his younger teammates and there was just a fury. And I sensed a bit of bit of fury and a bit of thirst, dare yeah, I Yeah,
1: I, I saw that footage and I actually thought the same. I was watching it on Footy Classified and- Oh, geez, they're ripping into Chad Wingard here. (laughs) And then instantly the thoughts go back to Selby, who picked um, Chad Wingard a couple of years ago off the back of like a 47, which. Probably is what he scored last week anyway. (laughs) And uh, he just thought in the media, he's gotten a rev up. I'm going to bring him in for a big score.
0: Doss, you've- uh, It's my trade of the year. It's got to be. Yep. I respect that. Well Um, done. Prepare for a 50 this week though. All right, Louis, what was your nailed it?
1: Uh, My nailed it is Bailey Smith, who uh, just been unreal the last five weeks. He's gone 127, 64. Uh, 107, 98, 125, 118, uh, with Josh Dunkley in the side on the weekend. By the way, who who played up forward, which we might touch on mm. a little bit later. But I've just got to pay my respects to Bailey Smith because I thought he was someone who would come in for a couple of weeks and and move him on. He's made his cash, but now he's he's honestly looking like someone who could finish in my side with his average at the moment and. he's he's obviously affecting blokes like McRae because uh, McRae just hasn't really reached his ceiling since that uh, West Coast Eagles game in round 15. So uh, the other one I'll give a bit of credit to as well is Mills 152 after holding for about six weeks while he was in quarantine. So that was good fun, but uh, it was always good to be rewarded with that.
0: Yeah, those are some pretty juicy scores. And I reckon you've done that this year. You've just You've held faith with the right guys. Maybe a couple you've you've held faith a little too long, but you've certainly held on to enough of the ones that have rewarded you in the long run. And yeah, Bailey Smith, uh, that's a great pick, and fire out Mills too. Um, that hold has been certainly paid off for you as well. I'm going to go on the other end, and you just mentioned his name um, with the Bailey Smith um, center bounces were still there for Bailey Smith, and not so much for Josh Dunkley, who was one of my gross picks um, for this season. So I picked him up. Got me an 80, which I was kind of happy for uh, two weeks ago. You know, I was happy enough. That's his return game. Then he'll get a little bit better. Had the week off with the uh, COVID, um, you know, having to isolate. Comes back and just doesn't get centre bounces. But not only that, he was disinterested. The thirst was not there. Observable thirst was ser- was just lacking from uh, from Dunks and very disappointing score from him.
1: Yeah, you have to wonder. Maybe he was just a little bit underdone. Didn't look uh, interested at all, honestly. Yeah, it's a concern. Uh, And that's why you probably don't trade players in um, after a long stint out of the game, uh, even with the scoring potential of Josh Dunkley. So, that one burns. Uh, but I can't really say I feel sorry for you.
0: <laughs> I think, to be honest, that was such a weird scoring game for the Adelaide. Um, it was, we, yeah. we, we thought it was going to be a huge scoring game. And, I mean, your boy, your man, Bailey Smith, got out and well, had a huge that's, game. That's a given these days. But there wasn't sort of that. I thought we felt like we were going to get some monster scores from the Bont, 75, the McRae, 81. You know, these guys didn't pop. And then to add to- um, that wound was uh, the people that went and got Dunkley early. Mars is a strange, strange world, Dossie. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on now and let's get some hot topics. Oh, hang on. What about my fail Oh, okay. Go ahead. Th- no.
1: These guys just deserve a bit of a cook, real quick. All right. Oh, Ridley see- oh, scored yeah. a 38. Oh. Three kick-ins in that as well, so oh, that's just unreal. Sydney, the seventeenth hardest team to score against for defenders this year. Yes,
0: but you you could never expect that. Look, I will say he was a a unique for statesman in that in that uh, that final head-to-head matchup. Oh, and, I, and how
1: much did you win by? Well,
0: it, it wasn't too much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I, I, kept re- I kept
0: refreshing that score though, and I was like, "What's going on with Riddles?" And yeah, that is you guys. That's oh, do you know what? I've, I've bowed to peer pressure with Ridley because I brought him in because I
1: thought, geez, you know, this guy, based on what he's done, is kind of value and there's a lot of hype out there. I never really liked him and do you know what? I I still don't like him. Get stuffed, Ridley. Uh, Houston, next up, uh, he got 58, uh, just totally, like you said, disinterested and I watched him die for a bowl and do a little tunnel roll. And it was, it was disgusting, mate. He he clearly um, just needs a
0: rest. I, I don't think that shoulder is is right for him. He's he's been absolutely rubbish, and uh, we we sort of were mentioning. I think it's on the on the Wednesday show with those uh, AFL Fantasy Factory boys. We were just talking about him and how disinterested he's been as well. Talking about Josh Dunkley being disinterested, but Houston's different and. It's the opposite of observable thirst. It's it's the Jordan Dawson that we mentioned last week. You know when he's playing out of position, he 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 has some thirst when he is in his favourite position. But Houston at the moment pointing to other players, give it to him. I don't want it pointing over there. That's this, where you need a kick. He's it. a good
1: team man. This is what we said. We don't nah. want good teammates in our fantasy nah. teams. And uh, we we had a word thrown. We want the angry Chad Wingard. We, we, <laughs> that's what we want.
0: <laughs> we had a word thrown our way too from from Urban on that night, and he mentioned. Something known as adipsia. Um And I'm not too sure about the exact definition, but it's apparently a symptom of inappropriately decreased or absent feelings of thirst. And I think Houston might be exhibiting signs of that uh, that certain disease because he's quenched. He's got no thirst. I hope it doesn't spread. Yeah, it's hopefully not. I've got enough players without thirst. Um, let's talk about hot topics now, Louis, and there is a few um, going around, we just mentioned one, which was Dan Houston. Another one, Tim Taranto. Let's just talk about him. No more mid-time. The CBA is again lacking. He only had the two last week, and I reckon it was pretty much the same this week. Is it a trade? Uh, He even injured his his shoulder in this game. We've got the added conundrum, though, of the fact that Jacob Hopper got injured late in that game, stretched it off, looked pretty terrible. um, One there got kicked in the head by Carl Amon accidentally from from a kick that he was uh, trying to smother. Taranto, it's a trade at the moment, isn't it?
1: It was a trade last week, if you were in a good position, Dossie. Mm. It's- He's clearly lost the role. I was concerned about it last week because you don't just throw Brent Daniels in there uh, in round 19 for fun when you're looking to secure a top eight spot. That's just madness, which I guess you could argue is kind of what Leon Cameron does. But- Yeah, uh, massive alarm bells with Taranto has a huge break even now. So, um, if you are able to squeeze a bit of cash out of him to get creative with one of your trades, then yeah, it's time to do that. And he's 30% owned DOS. So we speak about points of differences this time of the season. Often you can find your biggest point of difference by by going against. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, I did want to jump off him last week as well, but just things things shuffled around. I'm very happy with where I landed, but anyone that can jump off, I think I don't think it's too reactionary to do it. Now we've we've had a two games game sample of it. Like we said, he sort of did get a little bit of a niggle at one point in that game which looked pretty like it was like, "Oh, is he going to be having to come off here?" He's not going to go back in that midfield, is he? And the fact that they've got Brent Daniels in there, and I kind of understand where they're going, that they've got too many plotting type players- You look at his pressure acts that Brent Daniels provides and, you know, he's not getting the stacks of clearances. He might get a couple a game, but it's just that applying pressure and getting a bit of speed in there to go with these plotters. This is it. That's the
1: dynamics of the midfield. And as good as Taranto is as a fantasy player, the coaches don't look at that. And when I look at Tim Taranto from a footballing perspective, yes, he's a great clearance player, but the bloke burns the ball every second kick and he's- He's probably not the most effective midfielder they could have in there. And maybe they think they've found one in Brent Daniels. But um, for me, uh, it's a massive concern. Uh, with Hopper going down, maybe that's, you know, you put that in your back pocket and hope he sort of scores yeah. 110 again. That's, but
0: That's what you'd be convincing yourself if you can't jump off if him If you this can't week. jump off him. So, and a lot of yeah. coaches
1: won't be able to. Yeah, it's that's it's it. a
0: tricky trade to actually make- Happened, and look, so. that's the thing though. It's completely role dependent. If he jumps back into the midfield next week, hoppers out, which he's going to be. If he just if he's the guy to replace those centre bounces, you might just be staring yourself at another one ten. That's that, it, and, just, and you're laughing. So ugh, it's so hard. But yeah, I'm jumping off. I'm not trusting Leon. Leon's a guy that well, you and I are both not a fan of, and. We both think Toronto is a midfielder. Obviously, that even well, I mean mate, I don't know. He's saying he's, you butcher the ball, I, don't, I didn't like what you said about that. Well, he um,
1: he's a he's a bit like Fiorini, I guess. Get him, um, in
0: there. get him in there.
1: Yeah. The the only reason work. the only way I'm not trading Toronto is if he attends a
0: rugby league match this weekend or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're stuck with him then. By the sounds, yep. Okay, uh, let's move on to the other hot topic of the week, and that is just we mentioned it earlier. Getting those rookies inverted commas rookies. Some of these guys aren't aren't our uh, first year players, but getting those players off your field that are going to give you those dank scores. And, and it's a it's a mantra that we've gone with all season, but it's just a a little reminder to remember it at this point of the season, guys. I rolled with Jeremy Sharp on the weekend. Lucky not to get my failed it. But, you know, as we said, that's my failed it. That's on me. That's that's not on him. He probably shouldn't be out there um, for the lads at this point of the year. So, Jeremy Sharp getting back-to-back big 100s. Then going back to a 34, you had a guy like Bramble only getting a 52 if you've opted to field him. It's just no more rookies on field at this point, isn't it?
1: That's it. And you can have a rookie that comes in and averages 100 DOS. And three games later, what I would say is you've still got a massive lack of data, you know? So, Mm. you're going into their fourth game. They can easily drop a 30, which is what we saw from Sharp. And I'm not sure the role necessarily changed. He just didn't find the football, which is what happens with rookies. They go up, they go down and- that's why we trade them out and use them in fantasy to generate cash
0: because they just shouldn't be in our teams at the end of the year. It's certainly not on field. Yeah. All let right. right. Uh, we're going to get to Louis' top 10 trade targets in just a second. But if you do enjoy our weekly podcast, then join up to be a member of PodPod Pod Plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with the man that I did defeat. In our league the states. oh i can't wait to tune into that one (laughs) and uh i'll be talking some crap on that don't you worry about that but uh we answer all your questions on that and there's only a few weeks left so you might as well just uh join up for a month see what you think of it and make that final push for the end of the season and join in the fun you also get to join our pod squad facebook group where we get a lot of ideas thrown around throughout the week um and that's exclusive for pod pod plus members so jump on keeperleaguepod.com.au and find the links there. Um, Louis, your top 10 trade targets this week. Let's rattle through them. Let's go from- And as usual, I'm guessing there's no particular order. There's no order. It's just <laughs> as I think of them throughout the day. Beautiful, so, beautiful. But it's not 40 this week, is it? It's only the 10. It's not
1: 40, no. Um, so I've got 10 for you. <laughs> Thanks, let's mate. let's start with the first one. All right, let's go.
0: Um,
1: Callum Mills. So, I didn't think he had that 152 ceiling in him, Dossie. I mm. think his uh, previous highest fantasy score of his career came earlier this year with like a 142, but that was versus the Suns. I just didn't see that uh, coming off of a quarantine as well. So, uh, anyway, I've got him on this list because he's not going to be cheaper than now. He's got an 87 break even. He hasn't gone below that in God knows how long. Um, he's going to be charging up for finals as well. And he's averaged 116 since round eight, which is yeah.
0: up there with the best midfielders we've got, let alone defensive eligible players. That run home so juicy. And you're completely spot on there. How's that coming out of quarantine, the 150 just bouncing straight back to life? Um, I was looking how- I was just surprised because he was one of the guys, you know, you're looking at your trade targets. You're thinking, oh, who can I get? Didn't go there myself just because I'm obviously way out of contention. He was, even for me, 10 plus percent ownership. I'm like, nah, nah, let's go. Let's go a bit more unique. He, for, for the contending teams, he's just such a great option still. And, and he's lower than his you think. Consistency, his consistency, He's 14% ownership.
1: That's not much, mate. Season
0: rank eight. Eighth best player this season. Overall. Uh, overall. That's crazy. It is. So, amazing scenes. Um, Callum Mills, great pick. I love that as your first option. And like we said, got a dream run home with uh, Saints, North, and Gold Coast. And moving
1: on to the next one, which I just want to touch on briefly, Doss, because we've certainly, uh, you've certainly spoken about this guy enough, uh, Braden Fiorini. So, oh, yeah. he looks like he's going to finish the year in that position with the scores he's pumping out and still at that cheap price, I, I wouldn't hesitate to jump on. I think he's quite a fun pick um,
0: to, to ride out for the rest of the season. I won't make people listen to the song again on our show, but you can find. It. I had a mate of mine message me; he'd never heard it before. From that was back- me. That was you as well. Yeah, you, yeah. You can find it on on YouTube somewhere. Uh, it's when it's from the Draft Doctor's Day uh, days back in a couple of years ago. I, I pick him early, Louis. Like like Patty Dow this weekend. Eighty seven, mate. He's on his way up. Uh, pick him early. Feherini, I think I might have picked him after he got the 166, though, not before that. that 87, 87% time on ground? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, yeah, Feherini. Oh, God, this weekend, Carlton, he's going to have an absolute field day out there. He's he's in such a rich vein of form. They're going to allow so many plus sixes for him. He is just a man possessed at the moment. He's possessed by the pill. Are you talking about Dow? Talking about Fiorini Okay, man. good. All right, just checking because <laughs> you, you're absolutely
1: spot on. Um, going on to number three.
0: We got, by the way, it's the matchup of the ages, Fiorini v. Dow this weekend. Oh, mate, <laughs> you better get on the couch for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there.
1: Uh, Cam Guthrie, so he's got an extremely high ceiling this year, DOS, which is evidenced by his three scores above 130 this year, 118 in his last three, and at 768K, he just screams value. On
0: top of that, just 5% ownership. Are you talking about Cam or Zach Guthrie?
1: Yeah, I know. And it was quite funny watching the scores tick over (laughs) because I I saw both these Guthrie's at the top thinking, surely, surely Cam can dethrone him and- into the third, it looked like yep. that was going to happen. He kept
0: fighting back for that top spot. 13 marks. They must have been in a fantasy uh, fantasy elimination final, I reckon, those two in their draft leagues. They got the they, eight <laughs> coaches' <laughs> votes. They both had the C both on each other, I think, on their uh, on their matchup, That was uh, an amazing... Uh, we might actually talk about him in the Delish Dozen. Um, I think he does come up the brother of Cam, but Cam himself is a great option as well. And the low time on ground that he continues to receive week in, week out... Doesn't affect his fantasy scoring. He's a points per minute beast.
1: That's it. And th- those are the players we like to pick. Um, Clayton Oliver is next up. Look, he just keeps threatening to have a really huge ceiling game. Quite often in the first half, mm. uh, he'll he'll have a big one, or even in the first quarter. And then it seems like coaches either tighten up on him, or he uh, just decides to take the foot off the pedal a little bit. But. Uh, we've already spoken about this. Stos his next three are West Coast, Adelaide, and Geelong. Oh, so that's
0: huge. Th- there's
1: going to be a big ceiling game in there. So I- I- I'd be a big fan of bringing in Clayton Oliver now.
0: Yeah, I think their whole team. They didn't need to do too much after that. Uh, after that second, oh, border. I couldn't believe it. That, the the Suns just couldn't touch the pill. It was it was a replay, like because obviously the West Coast Collingwood game was putrid for a uh, a fan of the Mighty Weagles, the now not so Mighty Weagles. and that was just a repeat of the fact that they just could not get the ball. It was just chip mark, chip mark, no pressure being applied. The, those games were so similar to watch because I put myself watching through um, both of them pretty much the whole things. Oh, it was it was gross, um, but yeah, the fact that. The fact that um, Clayton is just a a serious option. I think um, his scores are more reflective, like you're saying, the the foot off the pedal. You can see that in the super coach scores at the moment because I reckon he got in the 160, 170 kind of region super coach because he does all the damage when it matters and then kind of chills out. So, you're spot on. There's going to be some big scores coming down the last few weeks.
1: Uh, Next up, we've got another defender actually, Dawson. That's Jack Crisp. And yeah. we spoke about Mills ownership being at about 14%. Well, Jack Crisp is actually less at 13% despite putting up some really consistent ceiling games all year. So, he sits comfortably as the fourth highest scoring defender this year behind Mills, Laird and Hall. It's pretty good company to have. So, I I think he's going to go beast mode especially this week versus the Hawks in Tassie over the weekend and um, another another little thing I've got written down here. Uh, compared to our previous player, we just spoke about Clayton Oliver. Crisp is only averaging two less points in his last five games than him.
0: Yeah, it's so he's up there with the that, midfielders. It's that new Bob, big Bob, Big Shot Bob Harvey. He's, ma- he's having his big shot because he's he's having a game plan that is seriously fantasy relevant. They're playing relevant. good football, they're just, aren't they? They're, they're possessing that footy a little bit more. It's a lot of chip mark. I mean, the game against West Coast, not a great indicator of, uh, well, it's the best indicator of what sort of style of footy they want to play. It's just they won't get to play that every single week. But Hawks, they have a very good chance of doing that at Utahs And if it's just the chip mark, again, you guys like your Dagoes, your Crisps. Crisps isn't even – he's back out of the midfield
1: now. Yeah, well, he's back on that half uh, – And he's back- just – just loving and the plus sixes. That's where he scores, yeah. mate. So, it was it's great to see him in the midfield do the same.
0: the pies right now. And he's your man.
1: All right, let's go to the other end of the ground. And this is going to be um, probably the most traded in player this week, I think, Doss. And that's Rowan Marshall. Mm. He's three, uh, sorry, he's 637K. So, he's up 53K from last week with a 32 break even. So, uh, he's going to be skyrocketing in price over the next few weeks. Scored 139 coming off a 122 versus Port uh, two weeks prior. Obviously, missed a week there with quarantine. Uh, what what do you read into this sort of
0: recent scoring, Doss? Well, what I will say is, when people were talking about bringing in Rowan Marshall uh, for the run home, I had absolutely no problems with it for this last week because Carlton. I was looking at the matchup. It was TDK and Jack Silvani that were the rucks. You got even more blessed because TDK got injured. And Ryder
1: was a laid out too.
0: Yeah, yeah, so exactly. So he's got the solo ruck and he's up against Jack Silvani for most of the game. So 139, that's no surprise to me. Now it's Sydney, Geelong and Frio. Sydney- Hickey's been up and down with how he allows scoring against him. One day he could be the toughest matchup, the next pretty easy. Geelong's been relatively easy to score against, I think, this year as opposed to previous years in the Ruck. And then you've no, got no. – They've been pretty what tough. One of the hardest. Okay. So, you've it's going to be a relatively tough run home. I, I don't think it's a sure fire – I don't think it's the obvious trade is what I'm saying.
1: No, well, yeah, it's, it's, um, I think it will be the most popular, but yeah, yeah, I I think you got to think more about this one because 126 was Marshall's previous best fantasy score in 2019. So he's far surpassed that. He's gone 124 and 122 as well as that 139 this season. So you can look at that as a positive, but. Mm. At the same time, you've got to look at the negative too. So, he's gone as well this season. He's gone 72, 84, 75, 50, 43, 91, and 79. There were six rounds of football between his 124 and his 122 DOS this season. So, that suggests to me that Marshall isn't finding his ceiling often enough or consistently enough. And that having missed that 139 in my position, I would be a lot more inclined to take a player like that on, knowing that a lot of the competition are going to bring him him in and hope that he sort of – Scores that floor or in between the floor and and that ceiling at a hundred because I think I can find better elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that, and I, I'm in sort of a similar position. I think he he's a great impactful player, and you know we've mentioned it a couple of times. This is an AFL fantasy podcast, but he's such more of much more of a super coach player to me than he is an AFL fantasy. He's much more impactful, his hitouts, his goals than he is a consistent ceiling player in AFL fantasy. So. Um, I think you can find an argument either way in terms of if you're scared off him you could say what we've we've been saying right now if you can if you want to pick him you can say look he got his early score in, in his early scores in his season at the start of the season if I can spit this out he was injured and he was coming back from that injury. Had low time on ground to start with, was working his way back from that foot, finally sort of got that right. Didn't it, didn't it snap or whatever the yeah, plantar yep. fascia snapped? Bang, he's back out there. He's built his way back at Richmond, 60% time on ground, 60 again against Collingwood, manages to get 90, 70 against Brisbane. He's finally lifting it up. First game against uh, Carlton was 80% time on ground. That's his first time above 80% since round eight and he goes big. That's where you go. There is upside There yeah. is upside. Yep. Um, so, if you're going to pick him, he's got the low break even. He's not going to lose your coin or anything like that. But I agree with you. I'd take it on.
1: And one thing I will mention, which I thought was a pretty interesting stat, Dos was 46 hitouts he had, which is 23 more than his previous best this season. It's, it Obvious. was Jack
0: Silvani, <laughs> and I
1: know it was Jack Silvani, but that's the point. Yeah. So exactly. if you take 23 hitouts off of mm. that for his PB, yeah. And remember, he was versing Silvani, so yeah. Uh, that's a 116. So it's not as um, it probably doesn't reflect. The score that he got. Um, but at the same time, I'm really shitting on Rowan Marshall. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's in my trade targets for a reason. I just think that there's, um, there's probably a lot more ears on wanting to know why Rowan Marshall might not be a good pick
0: when there's a lot of good information on my ears. Yeah. I think we've given both sides. I think we've given the devil's advocate on, on both sides of the argument there so you can make your informed decision. I think Louis and I are both possibly on the side of taking that on at the moment. And Louis, I don't know, we might develop throughout the week to be on the other side. We'll wait and see.
1: That would be my trademark, (laughs) wouldn't it? But but no, I'll I'll go hard and fast and say no. Yeah, me too. Moving on to Andrew Gaff. um, Rediscovered his form, Dossie. uh, He's averaging 110 in his last three, which is pretty much exactly bang on what we've come to expect from Andrew Gaff as a seasonal average. So um, he's had 25 marks in the last three weeks. And just diving back at his stats, between round nine and 17, he had 24 marks. Yeah. So, there's clearly been a role change or he's clearly gotten a bit fitter in terms of injury or- uh, his teammates he's are just looking for He's him. cured
0: his adipsia. Um, he's cured his adipsia. <laughs> that's thirsty. it. Once more.
1: It's reflecting in his fantasy score. So at 693K, I'm, I'm certainly jumping on at that value if that's all you can get to. And his next three are pretty favourable too with Frio, Melbourne, and
0: Brisbane. They've got to respond, don't they? But we've said this before on West Coast and it hasn't happened. If they don't respond this week, he's got a couple of- Well, hopefully at Opta Stadium um, inbound, which is where he loves to feast. You'd think that's a really good pick, Andrew Gaff.
1: Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. Um- Moving on, we got Jakey Lloyd, uh, Dossie. uh, Saints North and Suns in his next three, which we know is extremely delicious, uh, still under 700K. And I think he can sneak a ceiling game in there to really sort of nail down that value for you. So, I don't mind him as sort of a good name to finish off your defence. I
0: reckon we've talked about him the last few weeks. Um, There was – he's sort of – he's still performing well even without – I think I've questioned a little bit the fact Dawson's role in there and others as well just coming back there and stealing a bit of his pill. He's shown us that it's not going to affect him now. And, and what did he get on the weekend? Because I missed 97,
1: that score. but I've got a bit of an asterisk on that because that game was moved um, pretty much day of and then the, the venue obviously changed.
0: Okay, so you're giving him the benefit of the doubt there. I do like those last few matchups for him for sure.
1: Uh, next up, we have got Dane Zorko. And would you believe, Doss, he is the highest averaging forward this year? I would believe that, Yeah, yes. I guess you would. But, averaging, uh, yeah. Averaging, he's, missed, he's missed a couple, hasn't he? I think he might have missed a couple, mate. He certainly had a buy round in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> his, his lowest score of the season, just 71 back in round four. So, the floor yeah. of Zorko hasn't really been there this season, which is something we're, we've always been a little bit hesitant with when we've picked him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, that's, that probably surprises me a little bit, to be honest, the floor. Uh, and I think that may be why a lot of us haven't maybe jumped on because you kind of wait till he gets cheap and then ride the Zorko monster train when he goes those ceiling games. But his price sort of hasn't dipped too much this year to get to that point. Um, but yeah, owned by nineteen percent surprises me, and I think we I spoke don't about think this that's before. That's high in the top coaches, though. Yeah, okay. I think we spoke about this before, and I have a feeling it was very much so the Dunkley sideways, what that happened at whenever he got injured. So, mm-hmm. I, th- I, seven, I, I can't put, I, I just, that's what I'm saying, because I think he was in ripping form at that time. I think it was just an obvious sideways. So, that's why I think it's such a high ownership.
1: Well, actually, the reason I don't think it's high ownership, Dos, is because, um, and just coming back to me right now as I'm speaking, I do remember he missed a game there. Uh, it might have been two or it might have been late in the weekend where a lot of Top coaches were forced to trade. They pretty much didn't have an option. So I might have to round dig 14, into that a little bit and
0: DMP, tweet it out. P round fourteen. So yes, was straight after his. So buyer. that would
1: have been straight after the buy. So you had two weeks without Zorko, which a lot of top coaches would have gone. See you later. Then he got the one
0: forty two upon return. So yeah, it, he's
1: a, a lazy one thirty two on the weekend.
0: Check check our half stats this week. Um of the keeper league giving you those top one hundred stats. But if you can get a Dane Zorco over a Ron Marshall and you've got Freo, Collingwood, and West Coast for the last three. Oh unload. Oof. Very that's juice.
1: And finally, uh, which, uh, was probably one of the top trade targets last week. Uh, I've got him down the list, even though there is no order. Uh, Lockie Whitfield at 10. Uh, he provides pretty good value. Uh, we know what scoring he's capable of. And, uh,
0: What's, is he under, is he under
1: 700? Yep. He, he's wow. about 680k now. So you just can't deny that value. And he, he's someone who I could easily see averaging 115
0: to finish the season. Yeah. Although, Geelong this week? Tough Tough
1: matchup. Tough matchup. Um, Possibly, but 680k makes things a whole lot easier to swallow when you're considering you're probably paying upwards of 100k for the next best, most consistent scorer. Because there's a bit of a dead
0: zone between that 700 and 750k range. Yeah, you're not wrong. And that's Louis's top 10. I'll just quickly run through them one by one. You had one Mills, and not in order though, of course. <laughs> Two, Fiorini. Three, Camp Guthrie. Four, Clayton Oliver. Five, Jack Crisp. Six, Rowan Marshall. Seven, Andrew Gaff. Eight, Jake Lloyd. Nine, Dane Zorko. And 10 was Lockie Whitfield. We're going to get into our delish dozen now, which is 12 players off Social media, you guys have requested them at PodPod AFL. Um, You guys and girls, we had a um, a request there as well. So, won't restrict our PodPod family there. Uh, Delish dozen though, players that you guys want to hear about. And we'll start off with number one, Jared Lyons. Louis, want to talk about him. Yeah,
1: no worries, Dossie. Uh, your, yours and my man this week or was going to be before both of us didn't I, trade him I in. I will
0: say I was convinced, though, you messaged me saying he's he's coming up for a big, big run big, here. Yep. Even though it's, it's kind of obvious in the sense that he's been going big already, but you saying I looked at his fixture as well. Obviously, Brisbane have that nice fixture running home. The 150 it would have been the perfect week to bring him in, but it's not too late.
1: No, it's not too late because um, of those guys that can bang out 150s, they're all about 900K plus, whereas you've got Jared Lyons just sort of teetering on that value pick at 850K, which sounds crazy to say, but, <laughs> yeah. but he's got Fremantle, Collingwood and West Coast Eagles in his next oh, three, which man. are just giving up so many fantasy points at the moment. So, um, Jared Lyons, uh, the only reason I didn't have him in my trade targets is because I thought, gee, this guy's a bit too expensive to put in there. And anyone with that cash probably would go towards Lions or Took or
0: or Steel. So, no, nah, big fan of him. Perfect. Yeah, I'm just the same as you. I think he's a lovely option. And we've got – you know, you do have guys like Took and Steel. He's probably – He's just in that category and he could potentially be a, a little bit more affordable for some coaches that are slightly cash-strapped, even though that's going to still cost you a lot to get there. Jordan Dawson, we mentioned him before being the of, uh of Jake Lloyd, but what do you think of him as an option? I've said previously I only really like him if he's playing that wing role. It's looked a little bit too back and forth the last few weeks for me. But overall, he's been a, he's been a pretty solid option. Could you even go there as a bit of a point of difference on the way home here, the last three, they have some really nice matchups, Sydney.
1: Yeah, I think you can, Doss, because Jordan Dawson has been someone, um, probably in the last two years, that coaches have seriously looked at to stream through their sides. And um, maybe that was more so when he was a forward and a defender, yeah. had that nice flexibility. But uh, this season, he, he's actually taken another step up. I'm not sure how many more points he's averaging compared to last, but he's certainly had a better uh, fantasy season, just glimpsing over the numbers here, at least recently, Dossie. So, uh, I don't mind that at all.
0: Yeah, uh, the, just the last three rounds for me, Saints, North, Gold Coast. We say it again for Sydney. They've probably got the best run home out of these teams. There might be some that are just playing a bit more friendly footy at the moment. Um, change of game plans like a Collingwood or something just might end up being that team that does score you the most points on the way home. But just based on the the matchups they've got, they do seem so juicy, uh, the Sydney Swans on the way home. So, yeah, Jordan Dawson, he's popping some tons for you. Less than or well, around 1% ownership, you could certainly jump on. We, we're not getting to our pod pod pods yet. I've got some other options for you. Jordan Dawson, certainly a pod pod pod. Um, Andrew Gaff, number three, we've talked about him yeah, in your targets.
1: We've touched on him uh quite extensively. I, I really like Andrew Gaff as an option. I think, um, at 693k, he presents tremendous value
0: the fourth in our delish dozen is Jeremy Sharp. And this is probably talking about what we uh, touched on at the start of the show, which is just get those inverted commas, rookies um, off your field. I've been a big fan of Jeremy Sharp. And and this was requested by DC from our Wednesday chats, because I reckon I was trying to convince uh, our friend over there, Nathan as well, to go a bit of a sharp option over, I think it was Sarong. So, I mean, I don't, Really, say that was such a terrible. It was about forty points difference mm-hmm. or something. I was a big fan of Sharp as a trade in potentially, thinking that Melbourne Go sucked in. Melbourne were given up a few points uh, in that midfield, but yeah, he just the fact that they dominated possession. Um, he didn't get his hands on it, and you're trying to move him off the field now or Carlton this week. Honestly, he might bounce straight back.
1: Well, uh, something to consider, but I would be looking at his 497K price tag, taking that right down to a 170K guy and seeing what I can put on someone else's head to generate points that way. Because if you can bring in a Jack Steele or or a Jared Lyons, like we just spoke about, you might be finding more points there anyway with that
0: ceiling, especially if you chuck the C on them. Look, I'm not going to lie, based on the things that I'm wanting to do this week and the Carlton matchup at Marvel, um, that being said, he's- was at Marvel this weekend too. But I think I'm going to be holding and running the gauntlet with with a Jezza Sharp on field if he survives the cut at selection table just because that match-up for me, I, I think he'll be I think you'll be fine this week. But I Famous t- last words. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that on board. I'll try and take my own advice and get those uh, rookies off field. Matt Kennedy of Carlton bouncing back to a ton. He got the forwards back for uh, Carlton this week and Charlie Curnow back inside. It was good yep, to see him yep. back, wasn't it? Um Him and Mackay were back in the side. Matt Kennedy back in the centre bounces and uh, turned up again. Yeah, it looks great. Um, I can't recommend against Matthew
1: Kennedy based on what he's doing as a forward, especially because, as we know, that drops off really quickly in that position. Uh, Averaging 90 in his last three, but obviously had that stinker last week, which um, just based off his last sort of six scores before that, I'm just going to say was an outlier. Okay. So, uh, 109 on the weekend, comes up against Gold Coast Suns this week. I, I think he's a really good option and-, and someone who can maybe bang out a 100 for you this week.
0: Yeah, that one outlier, he did just play forward, didn't he? Didn't get yeah, the same yep. bounces. So, you're right. I think he's back in the midfield. They're going to see how he goes for the rest of the season. Um, the next player that we've had requested is Connor Nash. Bit of a weird one. Hey, you know what? Before we do that, is Silvani an option playing that mixture of Ruck it's like a midfield now. combo i mean
1: you'd look at it probably towards the start yeah. of the season but you're just messing around now
0: i think and uh, what if tdk De- what if tdk's out they don't have pit net, and they put silvani starting ruck just just run the theory by me could you go there?
1: Oh, maybe, mate, but they've got <laughs> Kerno back now too. So, d- don't know if they risk him in the ruck, but- They didn't on the weekend. No, it was his first game back. No, I just wouldn't touch it. I think that
0: role is um is going to be pretty volatile. Might be draft only there. Connor Nash, he was getting some centre bounces on the weekend. At this stage of the season, I mean, Hawthorne is going to be trying a few things. They got the win. How cheap is he if, you're, if you really don't have any- cash and you're trying to even just get some bench cover or try and loop him in if the schedule allows, would you would you back in a Nash? I mean it would be a ballsy
1: move uh, <laughs> he's, he's 282k uh, he's averaging 51 for the season but obviously we look at what he scored on the weekend which was a 95 versus Brisbane no less which is a pretty tough matchup. he's got Collingwood, Bulldogs and Richmond to come so he's got a nice fixture uh, and Look, I can't really build a negative for Connor Nash because, I mean, it's fraught with it. There's so, many, there's so much downside besides the price to picking a Connor Nash, and maybe he pumps out 24, which he's done twice this season already from his four games. But what yeah. I will say is he's played a lot of VFL, and Sam Mitchell has just taken over primarily as the head coach, you would imagine, or at least he's, he's putting a fair amount of order in there. His he's just popped to up come into onto, the yeah. centre bounce attendances, so maybe this is a sign of things to come.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say – now, I've got to be – I'm not going to lie to the listeners. I didn't catch much of this game. I'm assuming there was a tag or something on Lockie Neal. Is that is that why he's getting those centre bounces? He's laid the nine tackles, 95 points. This, to me, smells a bit of a Marco O'Connor-ish, you know, getting that 90 Possibly,
1: but they've wanted Nash in the midfield for a okay. long time. Mm-hmm. Um, fans hate him because he burns the ball like crazy, but maybe Sam Mitchell
0: likes him. All right, we won't – shy away from telling you not to go there at 282k and a forward option. But, um, gee, I-, I love our listeners. They always find uh, they always find options that even dossie questions. So- they always throw you one every now and then, don't they? They do, they do. Uh, Johnny Noble's the next one at number seven of our Delish Dozen. He's been in some- Ripping form lately with Collingwood's new mark kick game just shining. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And at 594K, if Collingwood are going to continue this kick mark game, then
0: he, he's actually value and he, he's actually displayed a, a ceiling before DOS. So, I, I don't mind him. And if you want to do something, you know, let's just hypothetically and you've got a bit of coin in the bank or something, you want to get rid of Timmy T and a Houston you know, you might be able to do something there in getting an upgrade for Taranto and maybe just settling for that sort of almost, it's still an upgrade from Houston, but getting to something at least in your back line. Is that where you'd sort of be tempted by a Noble?
1: Yeah, 100%, mate, because unless you're probably in the top Two hundred, maybe stretching to 300 if you've got a wicked team, then uh, your hat contention probably um, is quite minimal. And these are the sorts of moves that sometimes you almost have to make to enjoy the game or make yourself have a PB for that season because I can tell you what, a lot of the other
0: coaches will just be staying strong with a Taranto type. Uh, Andy Brayshaw is a player that wants to be talked about and rightly so, 156 on the weekend, he was one of Dossie's top ten pods only a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, nice. Uh, I'll, I'll hang my hat on that one. The hat that won't be a top one hundred cap uh, might be a top ten thousand cap for Dossie this year um, if if we work hard these last few weeks. But one twenty three average in his last three, one twenty two in his last five. Been in some really good form. Obviously, Fife going down as well helps his case just to be in and among the ball the whole time. Brisbane West Coast Saints to come home. That's actually a nice schedule for them too. And he's getting up there in price now, but is Andy Brayshaw an option here on the way home? 820k.
1: Absolutely, Doss. You you are getting up there in price. So, when I say, or when you go uh, Lions versus Brayshaw, it's quite comfortably Lions for me, just based historically. But last week, I did say about Brayshaw that he's a player that feels every single stat line, which often accumulates fantasy points. And as well as last week, I also said he lacks a consistent enough ceiling personally (laughs) for me to take him on at this price. Well, Mm. I was wrong. 156 is the highest fantasy score of his career and I think he's going to be, that That game just sold me on him being an absolute fantasy jet for a long time to
0: come. And I'll have to wind back the tape, but I think what I said on that episode where we talked about point of differences um, is just that a guy like Brayshaw, when he's going to have probably that huge breakout next year or just being that consistent guy next year, you'd imagine like you know, average – well, he's averaging 106 this year. But if he does become that elite, elite fantasy player and the 110, 112, you know, breakout to be that next consistent guy, they often finish the season with an absolute bang the previous year. And this is where I was kind of like, does he do it for the last sort of six weeks here? And we've seen it starting. He could just continue with this run. And uh, with the fixture they've got up, I don't mind him as a great – what's his pod? He has to be a pod still, doesn't he? 4%. 4% 4 4%, ownership. All right, uh, Zach Guthrie, the superior Guthrie at number nine here on our Delish Dozen. Oh, man. You, was it a flash in the pan? It's a flash he, in the pan,
1: mate. <laughs> he had 13 marks. So it's his first game. He was a late in, by the way. It's his first game since round 11. Uh, he got the eight <laughs> coaches
0: vote, so he's played out of his skin. But 400K, mate, you, you can't touch that. Can I? i, I got to come clean, and I think I've said this off, off the podcast uh, to you guys. Zach Guthrie, um, way back when in his original days um, when he was first starting out, I think he came on as like a – seven. you know, he was very young, 18, 19-year-old. He looked about 15 coming out of – looked like he was still at school. Still does. Uh, yeah, still does a little bit. He's still put on some serious size since his debut. If they, if, they, if you can find the match tape of his debut, it was, uh, it was seriously worrying for his safety out there. You know what he received back in the day from when I was – Doing some weird podcast back in the day, he had my boy status for Dossie, old Zach Guthrie. I liked the way he was reading the play. Uh, it's been a it's been a long journey uh, for old Guthrie, but he's finally come good. He finally reached the peak. <laughs> do I do it? Do I bring him in? No, no, he's about <laughs> to climb down that mountain. No, um, GWS this week, yeah, they they will have a few ins you'd imagine and. Zach Guthrie, imagine if he goes big again. Uh, I couldn't do it. Isaac Heaney at 10 in this list. He's got that same run that we keep talking about for Sydney. Could we see a couple of ceiling games from him on this next three?
1: Yeah, you could because we've seen ceiling games from Isaac Heaney pretty much since around the buyers, but the problem is uh, he matches that with floor games in between, which is why I find it hard to sort of pick Heaney uh, he burned a lot of coaches a couple of weeks ago, and he hasn't really been putting up anything too insane besides that 132 versus Fremantle two weeks ago anyway. So, um, at 600K,
0: there's a few guys in this list that we've spoken about that would be better options. Agreed. Um Talking about Dion Prestia next, so he came back from injury, gave us a nice little score there. He's going to obviously attend all the centre bounces on the way home. They're running low on midfielders, so they need Prestia in there. He's dirt cheap at five hundred and sixty-four k, from we know what he can do. He got hundred and nine on the weekend. Richmond's run home, they have North, GWS, and Hawks. That's got to be up there with one of the best runs home as well, you'd think, with those uh, matchups, even though North have been harder to score against. The fact that I like about him is he he had 80% time uh, on ground on his return. That's pretty good, yeah. So, that's great. And dropping a ton, he had 31, 5, and 5. That's touching on all stat boxes. If I think, again, if he's just a guy that you can afford to get to other players and that you need to go there, there's definitely worse options than Dan Prestia.
1: Absolutely, Doss. Um, Think Tim Kelly two weeks ago when he was 565k and I think he's at 564k. So, very similar players. Um, Do have a ceiling game every now and then,
0: but quite consistently notch up that ton for you and that's massive value at his price. And a final player to talk about, you didn't want to put him on the list, but we were kind of running low on Delish dozen players, and he is a port man. So, I'll just get your words on this guy. Probably just draft for me, uh, but his latest form has been pretty good, and it's Ryan Burton. Yeah, and
1: surprisingly, Ryan Burton's played every game this season. So I don't even know if wow. he's done that in his career because he's a bit of a soft tissue merchant, that bloke. But <laughs> he's got Adelaide Crows, Carlton and Bulldogs. We talk about fixturing. That is a fantastic fixture to come. Uh, that being said... I I just don't rate him as a fantasy option uh, this year, 550K. So, he's
0: getting up there a little bit. And I just think his scoring is going to be a bit volatile. Am I right in saying he's done a couple of Shawnee Dars? Yeah, yeah. He's gone down and then hamstrings and then been like, oh, I'm good. I'm actually, I thought I did, yeah. Oh, he did it before the buy. So, we might forgive him for that. He's had the week and come back. Uh, All right. That's our Delish dozen. We're just going to quickly touch on our pod, pod, pods, Louis, and we're just going to go through two real quick here. Who's your point of difference podcast's point of differences? We've got two each. Okay, so
1: um, Adam Serra is my first one, Dossie. Mm -hmm. He's at uh 1.4%. Cherra? Cherra? Yeah. Either will do. Uh, (laughs) Attending CBAs with no Fife and no Walters Mm. uh, pretty much since they went down, which is always a good sign. Uh, 129 versus tough opposition in Sydney two weeks ago. Uh, Backed it up again with the 139 versus the Tigers at 663K. You've got yourself a bargain pick if he can continue that vein of form. And we know what the contract status Mm. of him is. Mm. We know Fremantle want to keep him. We know he probably wants the
0: highest price tag he can get. I think he's going to be working his butt off the next few weeks. It's always very hard to tell when there's end of the season. We know things can change in, in team plans and obviously they've had to shake things up with the Fife out and a few other injuries going around as well. Can we trust such a small sample? You've had Brayshaw and Chera two games in a row just dominating. You know, like we've said before, I think it's these sort of moves. If this is something that's going to continue happening or if it's just a lucky matchup, couple of matchups, that can sort of make or break. So, if you've really crunched the numbers and you're like, nah, those were just two easy fixtures, like, you know, looking at all your DFS numbers for those games. Oh, nah, he had this or he had that. If not, both those guys, you know, chair, especially at his price, 663, like you said, he's tempting.
1: 100%. And uh, I just wanna, I do just want to flag that Fremantle winning on the weekend does have them right up in contention to make the eight now. So, whether or not that's a good thing. Or a bad thing. I don't know. They mm. might want different midfield mix. But uh, we'll move on to my other one, Dossie. Taylor Adams at 5%, uh, 109 in his last five, has a wicked ceiling. And Hawthorne, Brisbane, Essendon is a handy next three as well. So, we know what Taylor Adams can do as lowly, a fantasy lowly player. Owned. A massive pot. Yeah. Lower owned
0: than I thought, you know.
1: Yeah, I think people are a bit worried about that injury history. and Probably fair enough. still surprising to me that Cam Guthrie is higher owned.
0: Yeah. um, Fiorini, obviously, I'm not going to- we've already talked about him enough. Carlton Essen in Sydney, he's going 110 plus for the way home. I think he's probably my captain again this week against Carlton. He's going to go massive. Um, Jump on, everyone, on the pod pod. My other two options are looser. Uh, I will grant you that. And they're just guys that aren't being talked about and I'm going- What does their ownership add up to between them? So, so, you've gone, guys, uh, we sort of said under 10% initially. Then we're both like, oh, we can get under 5%. You've done yours under 5%. I've gone a little bit deeper. We're going under 0%. <laughs> 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 That's under 1%, folks. Uh, and I'm going Jed Anderson with my first one. It didn't pay off. I sort of gave the tip out there last week on a few things uh, on the socials. And that one did not pay off. Uh, no Cunnington. Um, they need guys to win the contested pew in there. I thought Jed Anderson was going to get in. He did get a, bu- a bump in CBAs, got up to 10 last week. That was our uh, third overall on the team. Taron Thomas comes back this week probably, so that's going to maybe cut into his CBAs, but- I still think they need that bigger sort of- con- I know he's not that huge, but his contested game and his tackling is awesome. So, I think that was just a tough matchup on the weekend versus the Cards. I think for the next three, look out for Jed Anderson to get you some ceiling games and it would be that balls out pick from, you know, the 20K guys.
1: Yeah, I don't mind it, to be honest, Doss. And I know there's no real data to sort of support it besides <laughs> what, what, it's, is, it's, it's what he's done field. last year. But um, you just know with Cunnington- uh, Sorry, you just know with Anderson, Once it does click, it'll click big time. And that 120 is probably something that will come at some point for the rest of the season. So, I
0: don't mind it, mate. And another one under the 1% is Zach Jones, who for me as a footballer- uh, Yeah, for me as a footballer, (laughs) probably makes similar sounds. I'm just not a huge fan of his game. But that being said, this season, he's been so injury ravaged, but when he is healthy- you just look at his games where he's actually played good time on ground. So, he's always built back into fitness. That's what Ratton's done with him. He's gone okay. Same with sort of – um, he, he does that with his players, which I think is great because it doesn't re-injure them, which we've seen other players have to go through. So, Zach Jones, he's gone like 60% to start the year 60, 70, then finally started getting time on ground around round 7, 80%, 151, then 123. Obviously, against good matchups. Again, he comes back from his big long injury layoff, time on ground. Against Port, he got the numbers but didn't get the ball. West Coast, now 103 and 124 last week. He's got Sydney, Geelong, pretty tough, and then Freo. So, he's just a loose pod. Loose, yep. Also very cheap at- Well, cheap for what he's been going in his ceiling at 671. So Grudge match this week too. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Against the old Swans, his old side. So um, probably wouldn't recommend those guys. Go fair instead. Uh show me the money. Let's talk about that. Rookies. Show me the money. Show me the money. And give us. I've got just the James Peatling one. I saw uh old K's. I will give him props. I didn't do a heap of research on the rooks. He said, this guy's got massive numbers at the at the VFL level. I was like, you know what, Kay's, he's been alright on his picks this year. He gave a sharp. I was like, well. Peatling, jump on board. He was great. I jumped on board.
1: He was very good. I can <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> 82, 82 on Kays. debut, quite nice. I'll so. give
0: Kays the one props I'll give him all year. Well done, Kays.
1: Uh minus 14 break even, so uh, probably not really as important this time of year, but mm. might make you some quick cash if
0: you if you really are strapped for options. Uh, but. And- As an emergency, presents a really good option. What about if you're stuck with, you know, Taranto, you want to dump Taranto and say you've got, I don't know, I don't know who's more priorities in, in people's teams. If you've got another issue in your team aside from a Houston or a Ridley or something that's a bigger problem, you could go Taranto and someone else and get rid of that problem and then just- could you field a peatling over a Houston this week? You know what I mean? That's oh, a, that's I a mean, serious option. You,
1: you could play the emergency game, mm. uh, but based on what happened Saturday and all of a sudden games being changed, venues being changed, teams being switched, uh, I just wouldn't want to take that punt. And that's coming from someone who was actually burnt from getting creative with their emergency loophole a couple of weeks ago in defence. So, um, But there's- validity
0: to it Dossie I I just think you're a bit crazy and it's being like hey at the top of the show don't field your rookies at the end of the show I did, I, I,
1: I, the irony is not missed on me, mate. Um, <laughs> next up, we got Josh Honey, 191k mid forward. So, uh, we've covered all positions with our two rookies, which is always nice for, uh, coaches that can't always bring, uh, them in. Two break even. I think his job security, uh, is going to be relatively good to finish the year. Obviously, Carlton looking towards 2022, but Eddie Betts did or is looking to sign a contract extension. Would you believe somehow? Um, well we? Hey. Eddie Ford, 190k forward, uh, for break even. He's another one. If you, if you need something on the bench, a bit of a heartbeat. Same with Jack Ginovan and Cooper Sharman, really. They're 186k and 195k. But really, um, I think if you've got a healthy bench, I would be trading in end of the round non-playing rookies which quite often uh, is West Coast and Fremantle players, which just so happened to be the last game this week. So, I'd be looking at those sorts of guys to ensure that you're able to loop any score that you like.
0: I love that bit of advice uh, to finish up here. And, Louis, we don't have many questions to get through, so we might as well just quickly get through them before we wrap up here. We've had a fairly long episode tonight over the hour. Um, Craig, I have – this is from at PodPod. Pod. AFL. Craig wants to know, I have 320k to spend. Which two should go this week? Out of Houston coming, Taranto and Neil also has Sharp on field, but might loop him with- Houston coming. Houston coming. Dylan. Thoughts on Sharp to Chera and Darcy to Crisp? Don't like the amount of time the big fella is forward. Thanks, legends. Don't
1: mind it. Uh, I would probably look- um, At a couple of other guys that you could also consider alongside Chera, so in, or rather
0: instead of Chera, but I, I think that's a good play. Darcy's still carving even as a forward, isn't he? Did he have a quiet one on the weekend? He
1: did have a quiet one on the weekend. I'm mm. assuming he's kind of betting on him uh, being put on ice for the rest of the season, but yeah. maybe now they won't because they, they won on the weekend, like I said.
0: They're nursing. Yeah, they're they're helping him through this injury though. He's certainly not Brett Rattening uh, and resting him up. He's uh, the coach there. What do they say?
1: Cockroaches could survive an atomic bomb. (laughs) Some
0: shit's going to have to go
1: down for Sean Darcy to miss.
0: (laughs) Uh, Joe Blog, which two to trade out of Ward
1: coming Ridley-Houston? Ward coming Ridley-Houston. I would go probably uh, Houston
0: and coming still yeah and I'll just rate the midfielders there and the players to bring in Tim English, Steel Sidebum or Matt Kennedy.
1: Um all three are actually really good options. Tim English has quite the run to finish the season. Um especially
0: I mean if Steph Martin's certainly going to be ruled out then that's one you could really go and look at. But
1: I'm probably buying one of Steel Sidebottom or um the third option, Matt Kennedy, I think. Mm. Uh, Steel side bottom would have the higher ceiling, though. I like.
0: I do like Tenglish, but I wa- I worry that they're going to try and get a game into Martin before the end of the year for finals. Well, that was why it was brought over. So maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay, and the final question: Who scores more for the last three games, Crisp or Zorko? From Mark.
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would have to go Crisp with his fixture, even though the Lions have a great fixture um crisp is just an absolute
0: merchant for plus sixes at the moment could you say it's not you know you never want to say or predict anything and it, they shouldn't really do this you'd think at this point of the year but he's not going to get rested crisp whereas zorko a chance
1: yeah i, I mean he could be a chance um Zork- what we have seen from zorko is even though we haven't seen his floor like we said um he has been in dire straits at three-quarter time um one or two times at least and he was on the weekend so um just because of that i guess i'm going to go chris but he's one of my boys originally as well so oh, nice not uh, quite
0: a zach guthrie level but he's all right. Not he goes quite all right he didn't take 13 marks on the weekend <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> All right. Well, that is uh, – we're wrapping up the pod pod there. Thanks very much for everyone for listening. We will uh, quickly just uh, request that you go leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I don't think we've asked that for a while, but we are getting to the tail end of this uh, amazingly long and, and great season that we've had here on the pod pod, Louis. So, um, we ask that you go leave us a rating and review on uh, um, on Apple Podcasts. It's called these days. And that offer of my – size 11, I think they are, career savers signed by the Pod Pod and the Keeper League Pod is still there if we make it to I'm, – I'm just keeping on extending the deadline, but if we get to 220 ratings by the end of the season, which I know that's pretty ridiculous, but we'll maybe give it to the start of the pre-season next year, then I'll give them away to somebody that has left a review – there and also, we'll just put out a tweet or something or, or yep. on the Facebooks and see who did, who did, and we'll, we'll confirm that. You get a pair of uh, size 11 career savers. What more could you want, Louis?
1: I can't think of anything better.
0: A 150 from Fiorini captain this week. All right, we'll see you <laughs> next week on the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast. Bye.